Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. Gotta do it it again. is the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You can either roll with it or we can yeah. cut. Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. I'm realizing that I'm supposed to be doing the intro for this episode. Oh, so, so do you want to We're take just it, going. We're do, just going. Do it for the third I, I'm, time. Na- I'm Nathan. Uh, all right, let's just cut hey, for the welcome. third time. Jesus. Just all right, all right. Ready? Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. I'm keeping all this. The daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. Go for it, John. <laughs> and my name is John Wilson. You can find me on, on some social media, Twitter and such, at John Reads Comics. No H. Yeah, there you go. No H. Remember that? No H. No um, H. Man, this is just sounding like... He got like, it one try. I know, right? It's, it's professional. Like, <laughs> as if we didn't do two movies already, if we haven't been working on this for the past three years. Um, we said, welcome to the daily podcast in which we analyzed Dawn of Justice 183 times. And maybe before that, with all the errors that we've had to re-record and stuff. So maybe We still said Man of Steel for 140-something. Yeah. When we did our other podcast, Tarantino Minutes, like, to this day, saying Reservoir Dogs is... Like ingrained, like we still, yeah, I still have to fight it, back. It's like it's like the the stress dreams where you like imagine yourself making the podcast and saying Reservoir Dogs over and over again. Yeah, yep. you have to make sure you don't tongue tie yourself. Um, but yeah, we're talking. You know, it's your your we're day. Ta- yeah, all right. So, Mark, take it easy. Sit down. Let me take over. Today, we're going to be talking about minute number four of Suicide Squad. And uh, this minute is going to start out with uh, Sir Keith Griggs. He's not a sir. He was never knighted. I think he was a sergeant. It's captain. Captain? Captain Keith Griggs uh, confessing his quote-unquote love for Harley Quinn. Um, that's what I at least wrote down. The minute's going to end um, with the good solid reminder of Superman's death. That's so a, spoilers if you didn't yeah, see the last a heavy, one. Heavy that, drop on that one. That cat just, he hey, Guess he what? He died. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? If you didn't know now, which mm-hmm. which gives this film a really solid connection to what they'd done before, um, in ways that I really appreciate, because it at this point in the history of the DCU, I still felt like the universe was building, we were moving forward and moving upward. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, especially with having it this early in in the film, um, I have a couple of notes about it. One. It's good as a reminder, mm-hmm. and it's good for people to, that didn't see the movie, you know, didn't see Dawn of Justice. They realize, oh, okay, so that that was a thing that actually happened. Mm-hmm. It's also I like, I always feel like it's a little passive aggressive because it shows the scenes from the funeral. Uh, I think that's tomorrow, but it shows things from Dawn of Justice. But it's also like, hey, this happened. Um, if you didn't see that movie, you're missing out. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Why is this being? Why is this team being built? Why is all this happening? Why is this movie actually? It gives me a bit of a Thunderbolts feel because the Thunderbolts were born out of the absence of the Avengers. Um, Obviously, there are similar concepts in other ways too, Mm -hmm. but just that that story beat that I don't think the original Suicide Squad had. Just that um, Superman's gone. He was the world's hero. He was, as we'll see uh, tomorrow, we'll see, you know, mm-hmm. they call him a national hero. And um, now he's gone. And so Amanda Waller has has a plan for how to how to fill the gap. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you brought up the Thunderbolts thing. There was, you know, all, there's screams uh, comparisons with Thunderbolts and Suicide Squads. But originally, Suicide Squad was just a mishmash team, mm-hmm. kind of like not even B-sides. It was like, oh, we're running out of teams to put together and there's this giant crazy man that's, uh, it was a big cosmic, I think it was like a new god or something like that that was destroying it. But um, yeah, they just had nobody else and mm-hmm. uh, like the Justice Leagues just failed and they're like, oh, send in this guy. And Boomerang had like a, he now, had like a confused Boomerang and that's how he killed the guy. Yeah, and confused now Suicide Ray. Squad is like, okay, we need like, at least a few B-list people that people know. Yeah, that. Like, but I mean, yeah. I, I like to think now they, they actually stuck 
they took that name, the mm-hmm. title of the team, and just ran with it. Suicide Squad or yeah, Task like, Force? No, okay. Suicide Squad. Okay. Like, that is, if you read any Suicide Squad book, that's the premise I think of like, the team, of yeah. the mission. Like, that, that is just that. It's kind of self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right away, before we dig a little any further into this minute, uh, John, uh, when was the last time you saw Suicide Squad? Um, I have seen this movie exactly twice. <laughs> I saw it the weekend it came out, and I saw it last night. So um, it's not that I didn't like the film. It's just I never, you know, I don't know. I never had a really big call to go back and watch it. Um, whenever mm-hmm. I did yeah. see it, uh, it was probably opening weekend. It might even have been Thursday night and I took the kids and, um, you know, we had a great time. Then I came home and found out that I was supposed to hate it. So I, I you know, the internet's full of interesting opinions. Um, <laughs> and now watching it again last night, you know, I, I was able to kind of see more of the structure going in. It, it's just one of those things where every story has two viewing experiences there's the fresh one and there's the i know what it's going to happen experience and those are very different um but going into it i was able to really get into some of the portrayals like harley quinn and deadshot and amanda waller those three characters really steal the show and um just the whole structure of things with the enchantress and june moon's plot um so yeah we definitely enjoyed it last night um, my daughter had mentioned that perhaps all of the character intros at the beginning and just all the time spent with that might be off-putting. And she could be right with some people. I, I kind of compare it to, you know, any, you know, random action team movie. You're going to have shots of like each of the team members doing their thing, living their life before they all come together, kind of give you a connection to each person yeah. before you, before you come uh, move in. And you know, you and I know who these Suicide Squad members, but A, the other viewing audience doesn't, and B, we don't know this version of these characters. So it's good to have all the opening stuff with them, which at this point in the uh, movie, we are just finishing because we open with the last bits of Harley Quinn's scene. No, I guess I guess there's a lot more interest stuff yeah, in the I'm... next few minutes, but we did see some Deadshot. We did see some yeah. Harley, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I was yeah. going to say I'm curious as if I'm going to share those same feelings as your daughter after we go like by the time we get through all the intros mm-hmm. to the characters, they're probably about like maybe 2 I, minutes. I honestly each. think we will be doing intros to characters for, for like 3 weeks. For 3 weeks. Yeah. yeah. And so like, <laughs> that's about 15 minutes of uh get to know who this is and um So maybe by that time there's a lot of like, characters right, that yeah, it. it's really just like Hey, we need to bring you up to speed because a lot of people, this is Suicide Squad is, and it's weird to say, but it, it's like a, as far as comics go with general audience and people that, you know, just human beings on planet Earth, Suicide Squad is starting to become a household comics name. Like you can go to anyone on the street and talk and mention Suicide Squad or like Harley Quinn and people know what you're talking about because, and I don't want to say of this movie, but because of Suicide Squad has had since 2011 with like the new 52, like. I'll say it's from this movie. It's become more household. I, I don't want to. I won't yeah, say that about I don't want Harley people Quinn. to quote me saying, yeah. you know, like this I'll, movie is. I'll say it. But I, I think the, the because of this movie, it became more of a household yeah. term. Yeah. I Like I work, the people I work with in, in my real job, like have said it in conversation and, and they're way older than me and like they don't read comics that's not part of that but they know that that their daughter was harley quinn for like at a convention or something it's like mm-hmm. whoa it's like that's like starting to like connect with literally the general audience so it's um it's it's uh yeah it's been massively successful lately and um when you so this is the first time you've seen suicide squad like the and, and, and not just the general audience but i think uh nerd fandom it raised awareness there. I, you know, we, my daughter and I went to Dragon Con, which is a convention in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. It always happens around Labor Day weekend every year. Mm-hmm. And we went the the fall after Suicide Squad came out. And um, Lily dressed up one day as Pearl from Steven Universe and as Quicksilver from the X-Men films. Um, but she was keeping an eye out. And once she saw all the Harley Quinns, she started counting. Yep. That's and mm-hmm. by the end of the weekend, her, her count had gone over 100. 
Yep, that's a that's a normal game. We that play we play that game. We play that convention. same game. <laughs> and uh, I mean, even after Halloween, it was after this movie came out. Halloween, it was just to this day. I went to a convention a couple yeah. months ago, and I was like, yeah, let's play the Harley game Quins. where you count all the Harley Quinns. And you just do it. You count Finns from Adventure Time and Harley Quinns. It's like <laughs> I count all the My Hero Academia characters, and yeah, it's it's one of those things. How many people? Yeah, it's really. Oh man, Harley Quinn is like the most. Oh, count the Deadpool's. That's yes, yeah, the Deadpool. Uh, I yeah. mean, that's well, Deadpool yeah. can also be pretty uh, um, entertaining because people do you know abusing takes yeah. on that. Um, and I yeah, that's I like that better. I teach eighth grade and I have, you know, kids with Harley Quinn paraphernalia. There is this one girl who had a jacket that was red and blue with diamonds on the shoulders. Um, and it wasn't super blatantly Harley Quinn, but it was definitely Harley Quinn. And she, you know, really attaches to the character. Um, I'm hoping that some of these young ladies are understanding that, you know, the relationship she has with the Joker is not exactly something you want to strive for. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm going to assume that they're intelligent, bright women with strong uh, potential in their future. Yeah, it's like Gotham City Sirens Harley Quinn. Yeah, they the one, go. you know, post-breakup. Not, right? not animated series. <laughs> yeah. Not, Ma- not no. Mad Love Harley Quinn. Yeah. We don't want Mad Love Harley Quinn. You want, you want uh, Injustice Harley Quinn. Right. Yeah, that's that even, one. she is yeah. super independent. She there is, you go. That, she is like, I honestly think that's the best. She got her own house and her own car. <laughs> it's the best iteration of the character, uh, in my opinion, just because she's, such an independent, a good person. And my son you know? loves her. We read the entire Palmiotti Connor series of Harley Quinn together as bedtime stories. Um, just it's, I mean, it's a fun character and a fun comic and, and yeah, the suicide squad helped make her so popular. So did you, uh, did you see, this is the first time you've seen the ultimate edition. I don't think. Yeah. The, the uh, 12 minute longer minute. director cut. Yeah. Yes, this yeah. is uh, the last night was the first time I had seen that. Did it change anything for you? Um, I when I noticed that things were new, I appreciated that they were there. Um, yeah. I can't remember if the little flashback we have in today's minute is new, but I know that the stuff like with her and Joker standing in the highway was new. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I I just it was more Harley, and she like I said earlier was one of the most interesting characters in the film. Yeah, it, it definitely like it seems like the minutes that are added are added to support Harley Quinn as a more fleshed out mm-hmm. character or even like I think the big the other big scene that's not her and Joker is her analyzing the team. She like does in like, the bar. No, no, no. They're out oh. on the street. Oh, when they're walking, they're and walking she goes up the, to each. Uh, yeah. And she does like a diagnostic yeah. of each member. She does Dr. Quinzel's sh- yeah, stuff. Yeah, she does Dr. Quinzel stuff, which yeah. is what she should be using. You know, like that's a, an that's ability that she has. Yeah. And she should like, you know, that's great. I'm um, still thinking she's the main character in this movie. It, that is she kind is of like the, the yeah. question because um, uh, in this minute, like right in the very beginning when we get some uh, what I'm calling impromptu shock therapy, um, Keith Griggs kind of shocks the cell and sends her into kind of like a a demented flashback uh, of some sorts. And uh, the the aesthetic of those flashbacks, it it seems to match the opening title cards, which we said seemed more like Harley Quinn than it seemed like Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. So with playing with that aesthetic, it brings back that question of like, is she supposed to be the actual, uh, not maybe not protagonist of the film, but like linchpin of the entire story i don't know like somehow she's she's connected to the main plot subplot yeah she she and deadshot are the only ones that we're really really care for um i think that we get some uh resonance with diablo to make his you know his end of his story more meaningful but but between harley and deadshot Mm -hmm. we get more harley and yeah i would definitely say that she is leading this team it's harley quinn and the suicide squad it's my new band and that's kind of like what it is in the mm-hmm. comics now, especially in the New Fifty Two run. She was she was the figurehead of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, that was she didn't have her own series at the time. That was her book. That was Harley's book. Yeah. Um, but in this film, I think I think the only subplot is her and Joker. The other one that we talked about was Rick Flag and June Moon. Well, that I mean, is there a difference between subplot and runners? You're asking the wrong guy. I'm thi- I think there is a difference between <laughs> there. So I I honestly think the only subplot. Hmm. 
No, because Deadshot think, well, has this thing with the, his daughter, but yeah. that's and that still carries over because Deadshot has like a goal at the end of this. Everybody else is just in it to serve their time, or they're in it because they're made, or they're in it because they don't have anything else to do like afterwards. They're just looking to yeah. escape or whatever. Yeah, Deadshot, for Rick Flag, uh, yeah. June Moon is just the big effort of the story. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and so I guess. Deadshot's daughter storyline is an underlying subplot, but the I don't main think it's a subplot, one, but more of just it's, we need character development, and here's like a little motivation. A little, yeah. yeah, motivation. There we go. Yeah, but the Joker thing is what carries on and follows the entire team through right. everything. So yeah, she that gets is the phone. Yeah. He's She's trying to rescue character. her. He does She's rescue her. Character. He goes badly, and you think it's gone, but then it comes back at the end. So it's all it's just yeah. it's constantly <laughs> through the story. It's Harley Quinn's movie. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've said before, I don't know if I've said it here, but I've said before that when New 52 happened, the changes they made to Superman, I'm convinced now, were in communication and in conversation with the people making the movies. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. That, you know, that Superman number one, Action Comics number one, Justice League number one, all that happened in August and September of 2011. Man of Steel may not have hit until June of 2013. But it existed as a form. It existed as a script or a conversation. It, the concepts of Man of Steel existed when New 52 was being formed. So, yeah. um, and then once, you know, Justice League had its day, oh my gosh, all that stuff with Superman has now gone away. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that maybe not as strongly or maybe as strongly, but I think a lot of the changes that happened in Suicide Squad and this film, the fact that there's so much similarity there, it's not a coincidence. There was there was conversation happening there. Oh yeah, I, I, I I'm pretty sure this film, I mean, is because of the success of the New Fifty Two Suicide Squad. But this film was going to be made regardless of shared universe or yeah. not. I think it was kind of like as forming this as part of the puzzle piece. Like, hey, you know, Man of Steel did great. We want to do what Marvel does and have our own cinematic universe. It's all cool and fair. But then it's like, hey, we're also developing Suicide Squad because it, the, the run itself is so successful and that's marketable and we can make money. And it's like, but then it's like they fit it into here. So it's like, yeah, this movie was on the way to being produced regardless. Um, right. I think so. Yeah. Um, going back to what what John was saying about how New 52 Superman was mm-hmm. in talks with this. I'm a firm believer that new 52 superman is the same exact superman as henry cavill's like he has the same ideology he has the same viewpoint on earth had sorry untimely death i'm still not over it (laughs) um but they were the same character that's why i like new 52 superman so much i'm still so sour that he's dead but yeah they were definitely the same character i mean even straczynski was working on earth one at the same time they were writing man of steel and that Superman also carries over. So yes, there's in fact the plots and the concepts in those three Earth One volumes. If mm-hmm. you like, yeah. If you read those volumes and and in order of the release, you also watch the movies. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird conversation between yep. the two the two stories. There's ideas being yeah. bandied back and forth, and uh, yeah, and they, I, that was yeah. a really great experience. Yeah, I think in in the second volume two, they were working on things with um whoever the villain was, but they were, Straczynski was like fleshing out how this guy was supposed to be. And then there, um, you know, Snyder was over there saying, okay, well, my Zod is that same kind of demeanor. Like that's, let's, let's form these together. Let's do this. They had the world engine. They had terraforming, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I all those story that. elements were in that particular run because everybody, I mean, Straczynski was working with the entire production team. So yeah, and, good move on you, DC. And you know, the one of the things that I think sets apart those five years of Superman is how the world around him was reacting to him, which definitely resonates with, you know, Snyder Superman films. Superman himself is a little bit different. He's not that different, but the world around Superman was allowed to be a much more complex, not cheering on the hero all the time kind of place. Um, yeah. I do a podcast called Make Ours Marvel, and I've been reading through some early Spider-Mans. And in those early Ditko Spider-Mans, you have that all the time. You have him trying to do the right thing in a world that questions his right to exist. And that 
doesn't get done with Superman that often. And yet it feels like in this, you know, post 2001 world, questioning Superman's right to exist is exactly what should be happening. Absolutely. And it happens in new 52. It happens in the Snyder Superman films. And it's, it's one of the humanist aspects of the films that I, that I latch onto. Yeah. I agree with you 100% there. It's one of my favorite things. I'm trying to decide, do we keep talking about Superman in this? Well, let's, I mean, we can try to get back to the minute. Um, We do see a new character here. Um, Which one? I don't know. What are we talking about? Okay, so we're still in Harley Quinn. Are we still talking? Oh, um, let's, I want to say one thing about Harley Quinn. Let's, yeah, let's wrap this up with Harley Quinn. We can move on to the, the other part. I think that she purposely like knocks herself out as she runs into those uh, bars. You think um, so? Yeah, I think she like got that shock and it like gave her that little flashback of memory and it weirded you her out. She didn't want to. Yeah, she didn't want to deal Quinn. with it anymore, and she was just like, "I'm not. I don't want to have these visions. Let me just. Oh, I'm out." I think it's a mixture of like anger and don't yeah. let me don't let don't make me think about this. I don't want to be thinking about these things. So I'm just going to take myself out right now. That's interesting. Reed. I can definitely see it. Yeah, um, it looks perfect. I mean, she just yeah, it looks like she's just like in a fit of rage and just charging the bars. But she hits it head first. Like she's not reaching her arms out at Greg's. She's not like trying to scratch him or fight him or anything like that. She just goes for the headbutt (laughs) when you cut back from the um from the torture to her on the ground there's this emotional pain on her face Mm -hmm. as she kind of recoils on the ground and gets herself up um so yeah there's most of the film i think harley has a bit of a single note but there is enough given to give her some real complexity under that note that you realize that a lot of that is just an act because she's, you know, she's hurting and she's a much more complex person than just bouncing around as a clown. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it could be, you know, it stems from the whole abuse that the Joker has, has put on her for some time. It's like to enjoy pain to like, you know, to, to want that. It's like some sort of Stockholm syndrome with, you know, relating with pain yesterday, or I don't think it was yesterday, but it was a Tuesday's episode. We talked about how uh, Deadshot might actually be. This is like a, a daily routine where he gets into a fight with the guards because that's how he's biding time. It's how he's passing time. Mm-hmm. It's like entertainment for them. Like they can't, they can't. Uh, killing them would be uh, doing them a service, kind of thing. So torture is just the only thing that keeps the guards entertained, keeps the inmates entertained. Yeah, you know they find some joy and in, in that. And like, yeah, maybe she is like, I'm just gonna see how many guards I can, you know, siren and then like injure myself somehow. It's like just a crazy psychotic mentality, you know, that's, um, I'm not about it. (laughs) Not about it at all. We see some torture that doesn't look, uh, enjoyable at all in the flashback. Uh, what Mm -hmm. torture does look enjoyable to you, Mark? I don't, I don't know. Bamboo in your fingernails. Oh, I don't know. That's maybe the shock therapy. If it's shock. it's gonna knock me out like that. Just, just make me do the one scene from A Clockwork Orange, and I'll be all right. The TV thing. Yeah, with the eyes. No way. I just realized in this scene, the very first scene you get whenever she goes out, she's on the floor in just her briefs. She does not have yeah. anything else on. But they're like costume briefs. Yeah, they are costume briefs. You know, so imagine it's whatever she was wearing when she was brought in, but like. So what was happening five minutes earlier? Like, why is this woman naked on the ground surrounded by men? I, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> you know, yeah, your guess is as good as ours. I'm sure we're all thinking the same thing. But also, this is Harley Quinn we got to remember. This is like, I'm pretty sure she was probably doing the siren deal and getting this six foot four guy. And then all of a sudden, his insides are on the ground or something like that you know yeah. what i mean like she probably she injured messed this guy five guys up. or something yeah so like um you know just being and that's like you know a gotham villain yeah uh, it's like the you know the just it's such a criminal underworld you know harsh yeah and um let's see they have this force of light for force of light force I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's made for, you know, it's not actually a real thing, but it seems very much like uh, 
what were we talking about earlier? Like dystopian type drinks and, and like like soma pills, like Brave New World type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of vibe I get from it because it's all about like new rapid absorption formula and like the the flavors and and the logo on it. It just seems very like what Bioshock. What, what are these? It says total meal replacement. To me, that just is like. But there's also a mixing bowl. Yeah, a mixing bowl, and they're putting it in something. So, like, is it the same? So, like, is it just a spiked and sure? Mm-hmm. That's what they're giving her. That's what it and seems like. And they're just like, like putting it in her bloodstream. Dude, the- they're putting it up her nose. Yeah. Her no- okay, so you're gonna snort some ensure. Uh, I guess. I guess, Well, that does go down to your your throat. Yeah. So yeah. forcing her to be fed through her nose was got to be torturous. It's so. It's gotta feel like drowning. I knew a kid in elementary school that. Um, he got hit uh, with a bat in his face and uh, he wasn't like (laughs) by Harley Quinn. (laughs) He like, he had some, like he had to have surgery like on Mm -hmm. his like sinuses and stuff like that. And he could take a spaghetti noodle, put it up his nose and put it in his mouth and like make it go. That's not where I thought the story was going. No, no, no. (laughs) That was like his big thing. Fifth grade, this kid, like I could take a spaghetti, put it on my nose and pull it through my mouth. Did you do that to show and tell? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What a guy. What a trooper. (laughs) But she's got the, she's got the ball gag. So I guess they can't trust her not to bite or lash out or be violent with her mouth. So I've got to feed her that way. But yeah. Yeah. Cause you put the tube in the mouth, then she just breaks it with Mm -hmm. her teeth and then she just chews on plastic. I don't know. I don't know how this thing works, but that's that to, this is no, thank you. The whole tube up the nose to, to be fed like that. Yeah. That seems Maybe she was trying to kill herself. Again, one of those things you're like trying to kill yourself, and they're like, no, nah, we're going to make you eat. We're going to keep you alive. Uh, he does say that his job is to keep her alive. Oh, I mean, so does he say in this minute? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think oh. it is probably like a... Suicide attempt. She was starving and so herself. She was trying to and kill then, herself last time. Yeah. And so with the with the shock therapy, and now it's reminding her of the last time she tried to kill herself. Suicide squad. <laughs> Speaking of, I guess we're up against the wall now. Uh, uh, that's that's my attempt to segue for Amanda Waller. That was that was good. Um, I appreciate it. Amanda Waller does step in. Good old is, Viola Davis. Yeah, this is the first time that we're uh, seeing her. Um, real quick, she does have her first appearance with the same number one. So I think she perfectly epitomizes the character, Vi- Viola Davis. Yeah, and yeah. But I was online last night because I was, you know, looking for uh, you know information about possible sequel, and the the site that I read was like, yeah, and if Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller, work, you know, count us out. And I'm like, what the even? She was exactly what Amanda Waller needs to be. I don't think there has ever been. Now I don't know much about the Arrow show or anything. I'm. I think there there, there is an Amanda Waller on mm-hmm. there. I don't know how she there is, was. But like in season three, I think. I'm. They cut her out real quick when this they, movie came out. Was it? Was it bad? I no no no. They one, were just they realized that this which they should it have was told just taken over. This okay. movie was in the works like way before Arrow. It's okay. like so they should can't have, have like, the shadow over overshadowing. Yeah, the they character. should have been like, hey, how about you just don't put the character in there? Yeah, like Harley Quinn I was, think was in Arrow. Yeah. yeah, I have never seen a bad Amanda Waller, even in voice acting, like cartoons and everything like that. She has always been the one of the most intimidating comic book characters I have ever come in contact mm-hmm. with the only and, um, thing that i've heard people say is that you know amanda waller needs to be this like monstrous woman like physic physically size wise monstrous physically like why though is that i mean like okay so like batman i don't know series well she's always yeah, drawn in the early suicide squad as like a walking brick i mean she's 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 a definitely like a physically large woman and i yeah. totally get the ability to um, have different body types represented. But there comes a time when it's just like, how practical is that? I mean, even the Kingpin and the Daredevil stuff, he was a big guy, but he wasn't like rotund. And I think Amanda Waller here, she's... He actually looks like yeah, a bowling pin. She, I, think she, I think she works really great. I, uh, I was watching... Uh, this is another one of those like easy casting jobs. Like we, I kind of said this about Margot Robbie earlier. It's like she, even before this movie came out, I was like Margot Robbie should play Harley Quinn, and then it was like set in stone. I was like she is playing Harley Quinn. It's like, yes, that's awesome casting, great job. 
And then with Viola Davis watching How to Get Away with Murder, it was like, you know, you would be an amazing Amanda Waller. And then sure enough, she got casted for it. And it's like, uh, doy, like, yeah, she should be. Because that's like, it's, I don't see any other actress playing Amanda Waller. Like, if they're trying to go for accuracy, Viola Davis, she does she doesn't even have to really try to like, she's already got this method character down kind of thing. So it's very super easy casting and it, and it, in my opinion is perfect. I think it's, I think it's absolutely great. She, um, as she's driving up, there's the narration that the world changed when Superman flew across the sky and the world changed again when it didn't. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love those lines is because they, they perfectly encapsulate where we are, with the the world mindset and also where this film fits into the dceu which we talked about a little bit earlier in the episode um but you know she's walking past that guy with the shirts and the superman shirts that say remember on them and you have if if you pause it there you actually have various styles of s most of them are cavill's s but there's some like classic s over there on the right as well mm-hmm. um there's even some batman which I thought was interesting since Batman is, I mean, he's a thing because we had Batman v Superman, but he's not known nearly as well as Superman is. So it's, it's kind of funny they have Batman stuff over there. That's one thing that I do want to pay attention to really, really hard in this cinematic universe. Because in comic verse, kids have action figures of Superman, Batman. Mm-hmm. They read comic books of the characters, yada, yada. They exist in comic form as forms of entertainment in the universe. I want to know if they're doing the same thing here from the Shazam photos, if you haven't already seen, spoiler alert, in the set photos of Shazam, there's multiple things. Guy has a Batman statue. He's got comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a Batarang that I'm, I'm assuming it's real, but it could be a he prop found replica. One. Yeah, yeah, he found one. I assume one. he found it and put it on there. But anyway, those things, the little knickknacks and tchotchkes of these heroes, of these people with abilities, actually exist. So one thing that I do want to pay attention to is where they take that is Batman going to be seen as this Cape Crusader detective or is he supposed to be seen as a superstitious demon? demon yeah. Like Gotham. Bat exactly. Thing. Like you can't, from our understanding of Batman, everybody on the street that knows that he's just, he's pissed off. He's angry. Maybe was pissed off. He's was hunting. angry. He was hunting. He was, you don't want to run into Batman. A lot of people don't even know what he looks like. And yet there's statues and action figures made of him. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of, de demonizes I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, humanizes um, him. Humanizes him. <laughs> That's probably the better word. Um, but uh but yeah, it's like a classic symbols Batman. There's even a shirt here with like, like, abs drawn on him. Yeah, I it's like, like a Halloween costume. And it has a cape attached to it. I like that the symbols are mishmash. Like no one's trying to make it like the man of steel symbol. Like no one's following like graphic design codes. They're just like it's an S like, like, yeah, maybe Kryptonian to you or Kryptonese and like, yeah, whichever one they want to call Kryptonian. it, it switches back and forth. Did they say Kryptonese? There was someone that said Kryptonese and I think it was, was it from like the new sci-fi show? No. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's Krypton, been called like, Kryptonese in the comics too. I mean, both, yeah. both terms have gotten used. That's, and it's that's like, news to me. And like, yeah, maybe that isn't actually an S on your chest, but here on earth people think it's an s and so they're making this s on on their own logos and stuff and i think it's cool to see the logos being you know kind of redone because that's not even the that's not even the batman symbol in behind yellow it's like it's literally like tim burton oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like 98 batman yeah um 89 which is 89 what did i say 98 98 that's windows Agreed. Yeah, it's the windows. Um, <laughs> real quick, this this building, the the Capitol building, in this opening shot with Amanda Waller, this that's uh that is the Capitol building. That is what, what is, I don't know what this building is. I thought that's it was a Capitol restaurant. Building. Capitol building. You thought what? that was a restaurant? A DC. Wait, Wait, have you no, ever been what to she DC? walks into? Yeah, oh, no. Okay, that's the Capitol building minute. behind. Okay, behind yeah, the her. Building. Yeah, the Capitol building. I know it. The thing on the nickel. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. No. Or is is it a nickel? Monticello on the nickel. I don't know. Anyways, this Capitol building is where the Superman hearing was. This is the building that blew up in Dawn of Justice. Yeah. How long has it been? I was going to ask that tomorrow. <laughs> Wait, it's not here. Because 
um, the guy that's he has oh, a question. Oh, how long has it yeah, been yeah. since how long the death has of it Superman? Been since the, since okay. the funeral. That's what I was going okay. to say. So we'll put a pin in that. But uh, I feel like this building should be shut down because I don't see the American people getting over an explosion like that so quickly. And like the lights are back on in the Capitol building. Like this, because sh- this, the, the explosion came out through this building. There was no structural damage. I see there what you're was, getting at. There's no there structural was damage. Fire and everything out those windows. Yeah, and there was the top plumes and, of explosion. Yeah. Smoke. It was a big bomb. Yeah, yeah. It was a huge. Bomb. I'm kind of thinking that like it was a it was a destruction of a small portion of the building, and we can't see the base, so we could imagine that it's all like roped off and under construction at the base. There should have been like black tarps covering the building. Yeah, there should have been like scaffolding and stuff. Yeah. like something. Oh, that should have right. It would have been a cool continuity note, yeah, to have, like, something in the background showing. You know, it's kind of like an early Doctor Who whenever the ship flew through Big Ben, and yet Big Ben was, you know, in, like, other shots around that time frame, they would have, like, scaffolding and stuff to show the reconstruction of Big Ben. They should should have some sort of continuity continuity note there. Yeah, and it'd be cool if just, like, the Capitol building, just, like, digitally create, like, a little crater on the side or something, and, like... (laughs) People look at the Capitol building and they go, whoa, what happened? And it's like some epic thing of like, oh, yeah, in this universe, like Superman was existing and it blew up somehow. Like create that kind of like uh, it's not so much that like, oh, you need to go and rewatch the movie to understand what happened before this. But like just just like in comics where you kind of jump in midpoint, you don't yeah. know what's going on. It's like kind of like, oh, what? You like, get the artist notes on the side. Where it's yeah. Like, See Superman issue 49. Yeah. Something like that <laughs> yeah. where it's like. It's you don't even need to explain. It just looks cool that you're in a universe where like the Capitol building has been destroyed. Like um, I'm trying to like Pacific Rim, like they have cities that just have like kaiju bones yeah. everywhere or yeah. like robot parts. And they're like, yeah, there was a battle here at some and, like, point. They make houses out of them. And yeah. Stuff like, stuff that. like yeah. that. Like that's cool. Uh, and I wish someone like little did that real quick. It's kind of like how I'm now. This is again, curious. Um, the, the world engine is still in the Pacific Ocean. Yes. So, like, first, I mean, it's, it's gated yeah. off, but there's kids got it. It's like it's there's signs that say, like, mm-hmm. don't go in it. But you think there's still <laughs> island kids just jumping off it, swinging rope swing on it into the water. Like, that's a they're hanging out. Yeah. People in our real world will go up to a beached ship and play all over it as if there's no sense of danger with playing People on, like, a ship. Take, and, they do journeys through, like, Chernobyl. And ridiculous, yeah. like, <laughs> they're like, oh, I want to go see like a irradiated theme park. It's like, you really want to do you're that? Gonna, you're gonna do that? You're gonna <laughs> go to that theme place? Park. <laughs> That's I want to walk through the catacombs of Paris. It's like, you really want to do Chernobyl that? Theme park. Kinda, no, like, that's kind of no, that interests me, but yeah, like, I wouldn't go to Chernobyl. That kind of freaks me out. Catacombs, I'm interested, but I don't want to get diseases and I don't want to <laughs> get trapped down there, yeah. Um, is there still scaffolding on the, the Washington Monument? Like right now, this day and age, the 30th or whatever day it is? I have no idea. Do you, does anybody know? I don't know anything about that. How um, do you not know what the Capitol building looks like, but you know that the monument is being reconstructed? Well, I went to Washington like what? A and you year, didn't a notice this guy? Ago? I wasn't. Th- I thought you were talking about the restaurant <laughs> was the Capitol building. It said like CIDA. It's called the Capitol like, Grill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I was thinking like, um, they were saying you brought up the Doctor Who thing with Big Ben, and there were shots of you know the actual construction on Big Ben at the time. So Homecoming has him on the Washington Monument. Mm-hmm. In that kind of same sense, there should have been scaffolding on the Washington Monument. I think the Washington Monument's been under construction for like ten years or something like that. I'm trying to think of areas that were affected. I, I mean, I guess Sokova was just like a crater, you know, Sokovia. like. Sokovia. What is Sokova? Sokova. <laughs> Sokovia. Kosovo. Sokova. Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Sonovo. I think it's like a TV. Lenovo. <laughs> Lenovo. <laughs> Sonoko. We'll there the you go. We'll try to you got one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. Okay. So, so the Capitol building should be it on should, fire. It should be like. Like the light shouldn't the be light on. should be out. There should yeah. be like a long because mo- like it, Americans take their time with like okay we're gonna like mourn this for as long as we can. It's like all right, come on guys. You th- but okay, so that's the Capitol building. Do you think if there was destruction like that, they wouldn't start rebuilding it like tomorrow, Monday? Yeah, 
I don't know. How long? I I don't want to. I want to ask this question, but how long did it take for us to start construction of of the Remembrance Building, mm, the no the Peace Tower? What is it called? World World One World. The Meta World <laughs> Peace Tower. What is it called? World, one World Trade. I think it's I don't one think world it's called trade. that. World Trade. Oh, the, the building that's at the financial building. Uh, yeah, the new one. I, I've been there like twice. Um, I should know what's called. Yeah, it is yeah. renamed, right? Yeah, I think it's called like One World Trade or something. One World Trade Center is what it's called. Yeah, they see, there you go. How long did it take? I don't That's know. I think it was two years. That's the building name you came up with. Okay, because there was two of them. That was the <laughs> no, there's one. <laughs> Whatever. Let's move. Here, on. I have a. I have a. Uh, <laughs> let me point out a cool note uh, and save us. Uh, um, so when Harley Quinn gets shocked out into like her like uh, coma, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She gets knocked out. And we see like this little camera clip in there. I was looking at the numbers because obviously whenever numbers are in a movie, they somehow reference something, right? Yeah. The only one that I got of interest was at the very top in the middle and at the very bottom in the middle. So it's 1938. Mm -hmm. DC Comics, Action Comics number one, you know, the birth of DC. So 1938 was, was the best that I got. But Sympathy for the Devil is playing... At this moment, and I've been trying to, um, I've been trying to, f- I've, I want to find justification for including licensed music instead of including Stephen Price's music that they did for this film. Why Sympathy for the Devil? That's, so question one. Question two is, whose theme song is this supposed to be? If, if we're going to call it a theme song, since it is playing Monday when there's the, an introduction of a character with the house of the rising sun. It was like the song was setting the tone for this new Orleans prison. Yeah. And then Harley Quinn has her theme song. Yeah. Don't you don't own me. Yeah. That one. So is this Amanda Waller's? Is she the devil? Yes. I'll agree with that. <laughs> well, I'll be the I mean, first I think she that. certainly represents. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. I'm, I'm with you right there. She, she is standing up in this film for a whole bunch of supervillains. Yeah. Um, so sympathy for the devil should be making that the, making the bad guys go good. Yeah, making the bad guys go good. M- more like again humanizing the other side. You guys saw Superman; he shared all our values. Yada yada yada. Let's see the reverse side of the coin and change it. You know what I mean? Um, the, control it, I guess. The song "Sympathy for the Devil." What is uh, what is the takeaway of that song? The song is supposed to represent like a a man who's kind of enjoying the the nitty gritty of life, yeah. right? Is that is that kind of what it is? It's like it's like reveling in in what's not uh, what is it? It's rolling like, with the punches. Yeah, but it's like enjoying it. It's like yeah. enjoying like the underworld. It's like enjoying yeah. the the vices in life. And so, like, I feel like it. it if you take most of these characters, they're well especially Harley Quinn, well, maybe it's Amanda Waller. But it's like Amanda Waller is, is she maybe enjoying the fact that there's no Superman anymore? Like, is that, it's like, yeah, it's like the world changed because Superman is no longer, so we no longer have peace and hope in like guaranteed on our planet anymore. I have to And now that means business for me. She does say, there's a quote, there's a line of her dialogue in Tomorrow's Minute that I think that sets it it right there Mm because it's her time to shine. Um, yeah. Now's the time to buy. Yeah. Or sell. Yeah. I'm just reading through the lyrics and I feel like there's definitely a, an element of agent of change in here, like mm-hmm. causing chaos or causing destruction or causing things to happen that would be considered bad because things need to change, you know? Um, and international terrorism. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what's going on here. And, and just, just the, the simple chorus, you know, what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. And that's exactly the message that Amanda Waller is bringing to the conversation here. It's like, I've got this mission. I've got this team. You don't understand it, but this is what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely Amanda Waller's song. Yeah. And I like that they each get their own little song at the beginning. I felt that was pretty, uh, pretty cool. And they're all popular songs. They're not, you know, um, composer for the, for the movie songs, but they're still, I think, good choices. And they see like, I enjoy it, and Mark, you said it a little bit ago, a few minutes ago, but we're trying to find um, justification. justification for having 
copyright licensed music instead of an actual score, I feel like with scores I can I get emotion and I get tone more so than I do through licensed music. Licensed music it's kind of like I'm being spoon fed. Here are the lyrics. Here's what this song means. Mm-hmm. And then if you put that licensed music towards a character and have it as their intro music, you're spoon feeding someone saying, "Hey, this is what this character is about." Oh, uh, because this song is playing because of what this song means, and it's playing with this character. This is what this person's about. And I mean, it it works. It works for this film. I'll give it that. But um, I'm it, it works better than having to. I guess in defense of the licensed music, if you were to just have scored music. So let's take mm-hmm. Danny Elfman doing Justice League. And then he's like, okay, well, I had to create like a motif for each character. And every time they show up, then I got to do like the little motif. And it's like the audience, I'm going to, don't be insulted, but like the audience does not have time to remember all the motifs. And when that character recognizes and shows up and it's like, okay, well, let's play the little Joker motif. And it's Mm -hmm. like, they don't always have time to remember each and every little one and know why that, that thing is being played. So let's just do licensed music. Because we're not going to bring it back yep. ever again and then just play it. And then it's like, okay, yep. I get that. It just sets a quick tone yeah. and it's like, here you go. We're introducing Here's what the character. Like. This is the tone. Yep. Get used to it. All right, let's go. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that might be the thing. Was, was there was there a discussion or was there were there reshoots and stuff for this film after the reception of Batman v Superman? Do I remember hearing about that, like trying to lighten up the tone or whatever? There was reshoots after Deadpool was an, was came out in theaters because this movie came out, came out. Yeah, because this movie came out a few months after Deadpool, and once Deadpool had, Jesus, spit everywhere. Once Deadpool had its initial screening, um, they were starting to reshoot Suicide Squad to make it quote unquote more funny. Okay, was it? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, that was that was the thing. They needed to make it. Funny. Possibly yeah. some of the musical choices were made during that phase. I'm, I, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Because yeah. I there feel was... like I feel like the music is is like you were saying a minute ago. It's more of an appeal to the public masses viewing sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deadpool came out February eighth of two thousand sixteen, so it came out even before Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. So you might be right. Yeah, Deadpool could have an effect. It did, and I'm wondering. I mean. Did, did Dawn of Justice have an effect on us seeing Suicide Squad? Did did we go into seeing Suicide Squad with... Did, did Dawn of Justice... Did, did it weigh in on our outlook on this film before seeing it? On just the general audience? Or well, I, with general, general audience, I would say yes. I think that people who were in charge of all this went into this movie thinking the general audience did not see Dawn of Justice. And I think that the scenes tomorrow that we see from the previous movie were added in after the fact. And I think it was like one of those things where it's like, hey, this has to get added in because this is a big deal. It's part of the universe. It's part of the universe. Part of this a shared actually universe. happened. The reason that this movie exists is because of the events that took place in the previous movie mm-hmm. it's the aftermath of it so did it have an effect on us going in me personally yes general audience don't think so i wouldn't say that that dawn of justice really affected my expectations for this film um certainly dawn of justice gave me expectations for justice league and yes. what that was going to be, because that is yeah. a that is a definite follow up. That's a continuation of the narrative, whereas this is like tangentially connected to the narrative. Yeah. It's part of the universe. It's part of the sequence of events. It is influenced by the events of the movie, but it's not that story. Same for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is connected to the events of the Superman Justice League trilogy, but it's not a part of those events. Um, and so I feel like each of these film, this film and Wonder Woman are kind of, you know, I don't think that I was having expectations for either of these films based on Dawn of Justice. I think, yeah, this film, uh, less than Wonder Woman seems like Dawn of Justice and like who I was in 2016 after seeing that movie and then seeing it more than once and then going into Suicide Squad. I felt less attached because it, it seemed like it had 
really nothing to do with with that kind of storyline of Superman and the Justice Leaguers. Um, and, and I would say Wonder Woman probably had a little bit more connection with it because we had seen Wonder Woman in mm-hmm. Dawn of Justice, and we were like, okay, that was our introduction. Now she's getting her own film. They're going to explain the photograph and everything. So it was like that was like more had, had I don't know had more of an impression seeing that film because then you go okay well I've seen her before yeah now I'm gonna see her again and then Suicide Squad it was like those people were never in the film mm-hmm. I mean Batman shows up but it's not it's not really uh it's not something that it's a separate movie it's a separate yeah. thing yeah this didn't get you know? any setup it's like a they, they sort of teed the a, ball for us the Wonder Woman ball for us and Dawn of Justice they didn't do that here yeah yeah it really is a spinoff like yeah, just out there. Um, but yeah, that's a that's all I have for this one. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, we uh, we we went on and on yeah. and on. Um, any closing notes for you guys? I ran through all mine. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all good here on this one. I wonder if they four. sell those shirts with the man. I would love whatever. one of those shirts. Can I please have one? Will you get me one for my birthday? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I why were they not selling those? I bet I don't know if they were, but they I'm sure be. they were. They should be. I'm sure. They should just have the date of Man or Dawn of Justice when it came out. What is it? March 25th, 2016. I don't know why I remember that, but it feels like a <laughs> yeah, it feels like a San Diego exclusive at the Suicide Squad panel kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Or like DC shops probably been, have them now. It'd be really cool. I bet someone has it. Yeah. And I wonder if not, can I make those shirts mm. and not get without sued? losing my house? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't <laughs> sell uh, them, gonna... then you could probably make them. Mm. I mean, I've seen them in flea markets all the time. Part of me wants to sell them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you could join us and other listeners and other guests to talk about the minutes at hand. Or if you're catching up with Man of Steel Minute or Dawn of Justice Minute, let us know in the group chats and we will see you guys tomorrow for minute number five. A suicide Squad.